0: and welcome to the best life, best death podcast. Today, I've got a really special guest, um, a woman who is here in Colorado, and she is the founder and owner operator of the first conservation cemetery in Colorado. So we're going to learn about that, hear what that means, and have a conversation with Emily Miller. Hi, Emily. Hi, Diane. Thanks so much for having me. So you can find out more about the Colorado Burial Preserve at just that, coloradoburialpreserve.com. And Emily's background is that she was a licensed funeral director, and she really felt like there was an opportunity to bring this particular end-of-life option for body disposition to our state. Say a little more. Tell us about this background.
1: Sure. I actually first found out about natural burial when I was in mortuary college studying to be a a funeral director embalmer. Um, You know, it was part of the curriculum for funeral directing options. And I immediately thought, gosh, that's really pretty. That's the ancestral practice. That's how, uh, you know, a body is returned to the earth, kind of go back to nature uh, in, the, in the really old fashioned way. Um, and I filed that along with the other things I was learning and I went on to become a, a traditional, conventional funeral director and bomber. And I worked in um, big and small funeral homes in a, a couple different states. Uh, when I came to Colorado, I was uh, surprised that natural burial was not a more established option here. I thought we have this beautiful state. We have a population here of people who love the outdoors. Why isn't it possible and easy to have your final resting place be a beautiful piece of nature that's undisturbed by you know mowing and human activity? so i was in a position to help a family who um, was looking for a natural burial plot for their father and i really was disappointed for them that we couldn't find some place that was truly for the lover of the mountains for someone who wanted to rest in peace in a a beautiful wild location and i had this realization that i thought there might be some opportunity to uh, make that make that a possibility and, and bring it to the people of colorado So we founded, we, my husband and I founded Colorado Burial Preserve in Florence. It's about an hour south of Colorado Springs, and um, we're open. It's available now for uh, at-need arrangements, pre-need arrangements, and we are doing what we can to make people sort of make the old option new again and bring
0: natural burial the old-fashioned way
1: to the community here.
0: I love that. And just to be really explicit, like when you say green burial or natural burial, what does that exactly mean? Sure. So I am green burial council certified. I would say the
1: terms natural and green burial are a little um uh, interchangeable, But to the extent that they can be defined, we went to the authority, the Green Burial Council, and applied for their natural burial ground certification, which we received. Uh, the rules for that are that uh, to be buried there, no one can be embalmed, so there's no chemicals, only just natural human remains. Uh, you can use a shroud of biodegradable material or a biodegradable casket like a wicker or plain pine box. Um, and no vault is, is ever allowed either. So then what you have in the burial grounds is just simply our bodies and biodegradable materials uh, returning to the earth that, as the natural processes take place. And what you have as a... Um, management philosophy over the whole property is it's a nature preserve. We are doing our best to get the um, native inhabitants, the ecosystem cycles that ought to be thriving there, thriving. Uh, we're doing our best to uh, ameliorate the situation with evasive species, which we have a significant problem with in Colorado, and just maintain it as a beautiful piece of nature uh, that people can visit for um, you know a, a peaceful, final resting place.
0: Incredible. And are there any kind of markers or headstones or can someone put something where they, the family knows where the spot is?
1: Yeah, what we're doing, we have a couple different options. The policy is that it has to blend with this environment where you feel like you're still in nature. So uh, we can do headstones, but they're not supposed to be uh, square or rectangle. They have to be kind of rough hewn and boulder shaped. I actually have a local in-county source for them so that we don't have the carbon footprint of importing marble from Italy or anything like that. So we have these local quartzite boulders that can be engraved with pretty much any um, personalization.
0: Beautiful. And I love, I saw on your website, there's someone who's put up um, like a low stake. That's the proper height for a bird's nest. Um, right. Well, that was really incredible. So the woman's name is engraved. And then there's a birdhouse for, um, I forget which kind of bird it is. Maybe a yep, blue, yep. mountain bluebird or something that's like in native to the area.
1: That's right. So that is another option we have for memorialization. We can only do a few of these because we're trying to create meaningful habitat for these songbirds and and for their nesting spots. They need to be so many yards apart from each other. Yeah, sure. I thought that the bird box was uh, an example of, uh, you know, you can have memorialization. The the local stone, for me, it's pretty much ecologically, environmentally neutral, but the bird box is environmentally a positive. You know, out in Southern Colorado, we have such a, we can have harsh conditions and habitat is one of the biggest pressures for any animal species. So, um, you know, to be able to provide a nesting site and a marking spot for, uh, you know, for someone's final resting place, it's a, it's a win-win. It's good for the environment and for the family. Family.
0: What a great combination. Um, I also saw on your website a great term that I hadn't, I don't think I'd come across yet, which I should know, which was called in-earnment as opposed to right. internment, right? Internment right. with a T would be placing a body yeah. in a coffin or a shroud, but in-earnment, tell us about that.
1: Right, so urnment is a fancy funeral industry word for placing an urn in a final resting place. Uh, this could be in a niche in a cemetery or in gr- an in-ground inurnment would be a fancy way of saying we bury dad's ashes. So um, we do have, the, the burial gardens we have are set up to accommodate both full body natural burial and in-ground inurnment. The idea being that uh, even when a family chooses cremation over full body burying, there's still a great benefit to having a final resting place. You can have uh, still have a headstone, so your family has this monument uh, landmark of, uh, of me- memory and, and uh, a place to return to. All of our plots, whether they're burial or cremation, we enroll them in a restoration program where we sort of uh, nurse back the damage done by the excavating, so that we can make sure the right grasses and flowers are are growing on there in perpetuity. So there's this ecological benefit to burying the cremated remains and restoring the earth above. Um, it's it's for me it's a almost a literal way of of thinking of the way of new life can come from a from a life that's lost. Is you, you sort of nourish the soil and and um, you have beauty to return to.
0: Very much, and I really, I appreciate you bringing up the invasive species. I know after the flood here in Boulder some years back, I mean, what happened on the disrupted earth from the flood was all these invasive species just immediately, you know, thistles went crazy. And um, it was really interesting to see that so much does come back in a burn area or a dug up area, Right. but often the thing that comes back is what you don't want to have come back. So you're right hard for that.
1: And the reason these species are invasive is because they're specialists at being, uh, at, at, um Colonizing these, these challenging areas, and as humans, when we do pretty much anything, it, it creates one of these challenging areas. When we build a home or a shopping mall or a road, uh, you know, all the excavation um, it's 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 the perfect environment for the invasive species to to come back first. Now, some of these are bigger challenges than other. Cheatgrass is a major problem in Colorado, and it's it's a big challenge because of how easily it spreads. Um, Other invasive species like tumbleweed actually can do some good. Tumbleweed is one of the first to come on a a disturbed area. Oh, but it grows. There's a reason they call it a weed. It grows up tall, fast. uh, So it actually provides good shade and habitat for small creatures. Um, It is edible to large creatures when it's young. um, But the reason it can actually do well is, of course, you have tumbleweed. it, It tumbles away, right? That's what it's famous for. And it spreads its seeds while it's doing that. When it breaks off at the ground level the roots stay in place and as they sort of decompose um, they can create a uh, microbial environment that's better for the native seeds that might also be in the soil trying to get a hold so um, this native invasive species problem is is far and wide and and multi-layered but um, what we're trying to do is a chemical free proactive management plan, which means that anytime we have disturbed areas, whether it's from a burial or from some of the other development that we're doing, um, it is my company's policy to always put in the seed mixture that we have of good beneficial native players um, so that at any and all times we're at least competing with the invasives, then we can hand pull them, hand mow them as appropriate depending on what species we're talking about, but uh, always just with this cumulative effort of putting the seeds of the good guys in the soil and hoping for the right conditions to get them going well.
0: Did you know you were going to become a biologist and a horticulturalist as well as a funeral director and a ceremonialist?
1: I have really learned a lot from my days of doing uh, funeral hair for uh, deceased ladies, that is for sure. So we had to uh, hire an ecologist for consultation as part of uh, becoming Green Burial Council certified. And I have absolutely learned a ton about uh, horticulture and uh, uh, ecosystem interconnectedness and oh, cemetery operations too. It's been quite a learning uh, experience.
0: Tell me how many acres do you have? And and again, this is about an hour south of Colorado Springs. So about two That's hours right. south of Denver for those That's who right. are not in Colorado and just orienting. And, and it's kind of up a little bit of a valley in the mountains. Is that right? Not true mountain town, but yep. yep. So.
1: Florence is, uh, lies along the Arkansas River, and our uh, cemetery property is on the valley slopes up in between the Front Range and the Arkansas River. So, um, this is a like windswept Colorado prairie. It's usually sunny, it's almost always windy. Um, we have beautiful view of the Front Range, of Pikes Peak area, and of the Arkansas River Valley. The cemetery property is, um, it, it, the cemetery itself surrounds a central hill or mountain that's on our property. So the ring road that uh, leads to the various burial gardens goes around this mountain. And as you take this tour around, you have these varying views to the south, to the east, to the west, etc. So we really have kind of different flavors, some of which are more um, kind of a meadow, you would think of these wide open vistas. Uh, We also have pinyon shrubs and juniper trees on the property. So some of the burial gardens are a little bit more um, nestled, you kind of feel a little bit more alpine because you're tucked in between the trees and the mountain.
0: I love it. I love what you yep. wrote to me in an email. I asked Emily how she got started. And she said, I started from a conviction that it must be possible, ruled out any plot of land that had prohibitive zoning and went from there, learning what I needed <laughs> to know along the way. Say, say again, how many acres is it total?
1: So the whole property is 80 acres. The preserve Mm -hmm. is on 65. We have a drainage canyon that's kind of cutting off one corner. So uh, it's good because there's nature there that won't be disturbed by anything because of this canyon, but it won't be uh, able to be used for the public part of the preserve. So then we have 65 acres, which is going to include these burial areas. We'll also have a little service chapel for having a ceremony and uh, some hiking trails available as well for people who just wanna have this kind of nature immersive experience.
0: Beautiful. That was going to be my next question. I was picturing some kind of a platform or, you know, a space, a gazebo, something very I'm sure. Oh yeah,
1: um, you can take the funeral director out of the chapel, but um, (laughs) you know it was definitely something I wanted to include. It so uh, what we're going to have is an outdoor amphitheater. It actually faces due east, so uh, I don't know that anyone will come and have a sunrise funeral, but I welcome them if anyone wants that. (laughs)
0: Oh, that is a gorgeous image. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What do you know, Emily? About like are are, is this. Are these becoming more common? Is this, do you expect more in Colorado? Do you think there are several of these in other states? What do you know anything about the nation as a whole?
1: I do think natural burial, as old as it is, is also part of a new movement here, and that we will continue to see more options coming in Colorado and nationwide. Um, there have always, or there have for a long time, been hybrid cemeteries here in Colorado, which are cemeteries that either have a section where they specialize in natural burial, or perhaps a cemetery where the rules allow you personally to be buried naturally, even if most of the neighbors are are conventionally buried, um, so to the extent that uh, these kind of arrangements are possible, I think you're gonna see more and more cemeteries offering them because I think families are going to ask for them. Um, that was my experience in funeral service was, uh, you know, this is, a, it's it's not an unreasonable request, it's just an unusual request now, um, but it used to be the normal way of doing things. And, uh, you know, with, with perseverance, it'll be the normal way of doing things in the future.
0: Beautiful. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me today. I feel like this is going to raise questions for people. So if any listeners have questions, you should email me or email Emily and um, we'll try to answer them because I agree with you. I mean, I definitely hear people speak to this and some people say, no, no, that isn't what I would want at all. But many people are interested in this kind of very simple, classic um, burial with some new options about where that could be. You
1: mentioned the word simple. I think a lot of people assume that if you don't want a lot of fuss made around your death, that cremation and no funeral or no services at all is, is what that looks like. Um, and I think that a, a, a natural burial rite can be an incredible, simple, incredibly simple uh, thing to do with, with the dead. Um, and I think there's a lot of uh, healing that, you know, people when when you go through a graveside service in a place of nature like that, you you, you say goodbye in a way that you don't uh, when you send someone off for cremation and and collect the urn at a at a later date. So um, you know I think when people think of oh well don't make a fuss out of me I'll be gone. I think a lot of people like the idea of returning to the earth. Um, it's sort of the the least fuss there could possibly be. So that's the message is not only is this simple but it's beautiful. It's good for the earth. It's good for for the community. So.
0: I love that. I love that. I do think it's interesting how many people express, like, don't make a fuss over me. And I always want to say, well, it probably isn't really so much about you as about right. moving people into and through and right. b- with their grief about the right. loss of you. So right. yeah, a fuss needs to be made, but it doesn't right. have to be extravagant or over the top, but a real genuine kind of connection to naming the loss of the yep. death.
1: Yeah. like, the- great subject for a whole other podcast.
0: <laughs> I know. I think maybe we have to have that whole other podcast. That sounds great, Emily. Right. <laughs> thank you so much. Anybody looking to learn more about this, Emily's got a lot of really good information on our website at coloradoburialpreserve.com. And you've been listening to the Best Life, Best Death podcast with Diane Hullett. And today, my guest, Emily Miller. Thanks so much, Emily. Yeah, Thank you. Mm-hmm.